Welcome back to Two Blondes and a Microphone. Two Blondes and a Microphone. There was a little hair flip by Sam. It was a little <laughs> hair flip while she was saying it. <laughs> Welcome back. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. And we're so excited to be recording our third episode. It feels kind of weird because we just released our second one today. And now we're recording again for next week and actually i'm super excited about this one as weird as it sounds i've actually (laughs) told a few people about what we were doing for this episode oh really and yeah and they're super interested about what we have to say so i think we should dive right in i think we have a lot to talk about we are going into a little bit about stress and burnout and anxiety because i think that is so prevalent in our age group especially being a college student and a graduate student and how common it is, I don't think some people realize. No, definitely not. So, um, and even me- in like high school, yeah, too, because that's a good point to make. Because like, even if you're not in college or you're out of college and you're in the workforce now and you have a real big girl, big boy job, it's um still relevant. And I think that what Casey and I have to talk about today is definitely relevant to just everyone in Anyone. this general age range i think mm-hmm. and there isn't just... an age range necessarily yeah. for stress or anxiety i sadly have seen little kids who have gone through anxiety and depression and it kind of kills me in a sense where you're seven eight years old and you're already going through this and for me personally i noticed burnout in myself at the end of my college years getting into my grad school years okay. and uh that was my first full semester of grad school and i really was feeling it And it's messy and imperfect, and sometimes it's hard to talk about, in a sense. Um, And it even makes me get a lump in my throat when I talk about it sometimes, to be completely honest. Because I'm aware of how lucky I am and uh, how each individual gets to work out what they want to do in life, how lucky I am to have this higher degree going for myself. But I'm aware that even though it will pay off in the end, it doesn't mean that it's easy in any sense. And, hot, sorry. <laughs> um, and I think there's also this pressure to succeed when you're going to college or going to graduate school. And this pressure to succeed might even be brought on by yourself. Which I think is a lot hard. of it is just like being surrounded by people who are your age, who are doing the same things, maybe not studying the same, um, uh, not like in the same major, subject, but like the same area as you are. And, I think a lot of it comes from, like, for example, like, I'm a journalism major, which I've mentioned before, and I know that, you know, in your undergrad, speech path was still difficult for you, like, it was hard, and I feel like the classes were difficult, and, like, I feel like a lot of people, like, stress comes from, okay, my major might not be as hard as someone else's, but, like, it's still hard, and I feel sometimes that that stress comes with that as well Mm -hmm. if that makes sense i also feel like you're very comparative maybe this is depending on your major to the people who are in your own discipline so i know that going through school it was very challenging to understand that everyone was going to graduate school and it was almost like a competition of getting in 
and you're looking around at all yeah. these people, even if it's a different school and you're saying there's a pressure from other people, there's pressure, pressure internally, there's maybe a pressure to be perfect or held to a higher standard or get a higher mark or be a perfect student. And I think it took me personally till this semester to fully realize that imperfect and making mistakes is okay because that's how you learn the most. And I think that's hard to admit to yourself. Yeah. And I think like not even like if we solely talk about like the stress that comes from school, but like your life as a whole, like you can have stress from literally any area, friends, family, like, I don't know, your roommates, things like that. And I think that even um like it could come from anywhere it doesn't have to necessarily come from your education or what you're doing currently family influences are actually a huge thing i think Mm -hmm. i think there is also standards with family depending on your background and where you come from and how you're held to a certain standard or what is expected of you almost that topples on your anxiety Mm -hmm. and i think sometimes there is a pressure to put on a front or not break down walls just to be seen as if you can handle it all. And it's hard to have the weight of everything you do and everything that you take on put only on your two tiny shoulders. Yeah. And it's hard to find an outlet, I think, sometimes. And that's what where the anxiety and the stress starts. You feel like you have to have it all on your own shoulders. Mm-hmm. And it can't be talked about or transferred over to someone else without seeming not as strong as you want to come off as. Or even, like, putting that burden on someone else. Like, I have, like, the mentality or, like, the tendency to take, like, what I'm dealing with and keep it inside for a little while before I decide that it's time to, like, express those feelings and talk to somebody or try to talk to somebody, like, a friend or family member about it because I just feel like sometimes um, it's not... I don't want to say it's not right, but almost like it's unwanted to put your problems on someone else. But at the same time, I feel like it's so bad to look at it that way. Because if you have friends and you have family that, you know, are there for you, who support you and totally like believe in everything you're doing, then you should feel comfortable enough to talk to them. But at the same time, it's like, do I really want to bother them? It's easier said than done. Mm Yes. And I think it becomes this tiny voice almost saying... Everything you can't do or everything that needs to be piled on only your shoulders and everything that may go wrong. And even sitting there in class or going to bed at night and this constant list going through your head. Oh, yeah. All the time. I don't sleep. I'm straight up. Like, I have probably told you this a thousand times, but I don't sleep. Mm -hmm. Like, I have tried melatonin to knock me out (laughs) early because I have an 8 a.m. this semester. For those of you who are writing this down, this is not the point of this podcast. No, it is definitely (laughs) not. This is just like a sidetrack for a second because I don't, I literally, when I'm asleep, I wake up in the middle of the night and I roll. It's like, you know, I feel like everybody does that at one point or another. But Mm -hmm. like for me, I can't fall asleep and stay asleep because I have so much going on in here before I fall asleep that I just think my mind can't just you know, bring it down. Shut off a I'm trying bit. to showcase you what I mean by bringing it down, but <laughs> it, it's hard. But your mind is so wickedly powerful, I have learned over the past few years, Yeah, that so many things are in your head saying, like I said, things you can and can't do. You can convince yourself of almost anything. I've even gone about trying to have a more positive attitude towards things, but that's you convincing yourself to have that positive attitude. Um, Because if you don't, you become worried about 
how you might sound or how things build up in your mind. And then it comes out while you're talking to other people. And I think that's how this anxiety almost starts building up is because you're keeping these things inside. You're overthinking. You're thinking about the future. Because my, my, in my opinion, there's thinking about the future, which is anxiety, and then thinking about the past, which is more so you're focused on something that's already happened. Yeah. And being in the present is actually really hard. Oh, yeah. It is really hard. I found that to be extremely difficult. Even just like as simple as being present in a conversation sometimes. I feel like if you like have a paper due the next day and you know you haven't done it yet or haven't started, you can't physically, mentally be present in something Mm -hmm. like a class, a group project, a meeting, whatever. You can't be present until that thing is... Is completed. Definitely. Yeah. And I think sometimes being present in conversations, like that's a great point you were just saying, is really hard to do. I don't know many good listeners. To be a good listener, you have to be fully present with the conversation that's being had. Yeah. I don't know many people who can do that and give valuable input at the same time and almost take to heart what I'm telling them, not as a formality, but as a good listener. Yeah. And as someone who's going to listen to you and be like, okay, how can I give you advice to help you or how can I be a good friend and just, you know, even just like shutting your mouth and listening and looking and maintaining like eye contact rather than like, you know, being on your phone and like looking away or being distracted by something like it's as simple as that. Like sometimes you don't even need an actual like verbal response. Mm -hmm. Sometimes you just need someone to be focused on you for like However long. And it sounds so simple to do. Yeah. But really, how hard is it to have a conversation with someone and be fully engrossed in the conversation you're having? Because for me, I know that it's difficult if I have other things going on in my mind. If my anxiety is driving something that I'm so focused on in the future, that's on my mind even during conversations where I'm supposed to be present in them. And I feel bad sometimes because... Like, I try my hardest because my dad is a huge advocate for being a good listener. He's, his communication is, like, his life motto. It's very hard to, um, like, not be a, a good communicator with my dad. Mm-hmm. But, like, even in conversations where, like, someone is talking to me and I will clearly be distracted by something, I literally have to be, like, I am so sorry, but I am not listening to you. Like, mm-hmm. I won't be a, you know... I won't lead them on to thinking I'm listening to them. Mm-hmm. So they go through their entire story. And then I'm like, what? You know, like mm-hmm. some people do that and they're like, oh. Can't even give valuable feedback. Right. And they're like, oh, you weren't even listening to what I was saying. Thanks. That's super <laughs> helpful of you. So kind of getting into it and why you're so fixated while listening to someone. Anxiety is daunting. It really is. And I have learned over time how many people are actually ex- experiencing anxiety in their like life. severe Severe anxiety. anxiety. Even when I'm like on medication. Mm-hmm. Um, your friends, even the ones you know well or invite out to dinner or still going out you're and having a good on. time. Yeah, and you're yeah. checking it. Some of them honestly don't even know. And it sounds really bad, but you can go out to dinner with those friends and you're holding your leg and sitting there and hoping that you aren't tapping your foot so no one notices. That's how bad someone's anxiety can be. And that's who you're comfortable with. Um, But really, anxiety is that. It's it's when you're in class and convincing yourself to raise your hand just to get the talking part over with for the day in front of others. It's that background noise of constantly wanting to be and waiting to be in 
a safe zone almost with yeah. people you're comfortable with and a place where you could finally breathe once again and a space where you know what will happen within those four walls. Like, I'll give you an example. Actually, last night I had a meeting with um, Order of Omega that honors fraternity through Greek life. And um, I expressed to our president over over winter break that I wanted to um, be on the executive board of this fraternity. Oh, that's awesome. And um, time came to it. So the meeting was finally last night after like a whole two months of not knowing like, what was going to happen and everything. And I, none of my friends came with me from my own sorority. It was just me and like a bunch of other people that I just didn't know. So I felt completely uncomfortable. Like I'm, I'm one to talk to people and not really have a problem. So I talked to people around me, but I could just tell that there were groups of people around the room and everyone was kind of like clicking. So I just felt really out of it. And our president like asked about, you know, who wants to nominate themselves mm-hmm. and nobody raised their hand. And I was like, I know I want to, but I can't bring myself to be the first person to do it. And then like, she kept talking. And finally I was just like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And for me, I'm not like that usually. And like, just to kind of grab, you know, it with your hands and just be like, no, I'm going to do this because I know I want to. And I'll regret it when I go home. I'll be like, why didn't I do that? And I didn't end up getting a position, which is poopy. But besides the point, tried. you tried. Yes. You tried. And that had to be so hard to do almost to take a second and put yourself out there, put yourself into that uncomfortable zone that you're in and try to figure out a way out of your comfort zone. Yeah. And it's not even like it was not in my comfort zone. Like, it, it wasn't a way, and I Because was like, you are an extrovert. Right. But it's out of someone's comfort zone to be alone with all these groups around them yeah. and volunteer yourself like that. It's And it was hard because, like, then I had to give a blurb about myself and why they should pick me as their vice president or their secretary or mm-hmm. something. And in those situations, it's just like... I definitely know that you and I are not the only people that have a hard time talking about themselves and, like, selling themselves to other people and, like bragging about yourself because it's Mm -hmm. not appropriate to do no all the time so like when the time comes to do it it's like it's an uncomfortable position to be in what do I say do I talk about everything I've ever done in my entire life or do I just say like oh I want to do this because blank Mm -hmm. you know it's just like a weird thing and I feel like that whole thing last night gave me a ton of anxiety Mm -hmm. and I was kind of upset when I left the meeting because I was like wow I put myself out there and still didn't get one Mm -hmm. Like, what was the point of it? But then, funny enough, I come home and check my email, and I got accepted into the Communications Honor Society at ah. ISU that I got denied from last semester. Awesome. That so, is so exciting. I just thought I should share that it's story. A little, it's a little karma. It's a little karma paying off. It's saying, like, you know, this good didn't vibes. work out. Good vibes. You put yourself out there and something paid off. It may not have been that. But yeah. in that situation, I feel like your mind is constantly spinning. Yeah. Your mind is constantly spinning. I was um, like, holy crap, do I stand up? Do I, do I say anything? It's spinning do with do? these thoughts of like how, what to do. nobody else was either. And yeah. I was like, well, I'm not going to be the only one to do this. Yeah. This is not okay. I'm trying to be ballsy. <laughs> I know. I was really trying to like, and it's really not that out there for me to do, but I was like, oh my God, no one else is talking. No one else is saying anything. What do I do in this situation? And then I was like, you know what? Just go for it. Yeah. Just, just the good old, just do it. The good you old, know. what did you say last time? College try. The good old college try. <laughs> I think that's my motto. <laughs> so I think overall this episode is a little more difficult. It's not as lighthearted as most of the time we will be, but 
it's filled with these deep and difficult but really relatable yeah talks where it's hard to admit something whether you have or don't have anxiety or not but we have all been through hard times no matter what and those heart-wrenching moments of some sort in our lives and all the way to those full-blown panic attacks and what those feel like and trust me when I say I've experienced both ends and everything in between and that's hard to admit that I know what it feels like to not have a wave of breath to inhale and a feeling of heaviness in my chest I know how that feels and that is something that can never be taught to you mm-hmm. and never be explained unless you've been in that position. Mm-hmm. And I feel like a lot of times, even just in general, like I mentioned in the first episode about how people look up to you and how people um, really take you as a role model in their life, including myself, because uh-huh. like on the surface... I'm going to start crying over here. It's don't fine. do that because then I'm going to start crying and you know that Then it fact. turns into a really crappy podcast of And you guys are going to turn us off, but... <laughs> I don't even remember what I was talking about now. Oh, but like looking at you as a role model, looking at you as a role model, can't speak. And like, you know, you have it together in like you, it, like your shell, you know, it looks like you have it together. And I feel like for most people, it looks like to everyone else that you have mm-hmm. your life together. On and, the outside. And it's so it's hard fun. to admit to yourself and to admit to other people, especially that you're not this like you want people to think you are but at the same time you're not and it's like that's something that I mean I feel that I'm very lucky that I'm able to communicate my feelings well and like again my dad just he's that's just how he is that's awesome though that's what you want and he's a great role model for that stuff and that's why sometimes I even have a hard time like I will I'm open book like if someone asks me about it I will tell you honestly and like truthfully but like not everyone is like that, and that took me a while to figure that out, too. Because, like, I'm not going to go walk up to some person I barely know and be like, oh, my God, did you know this about me and this, 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 and this? But, like, if I'm going to have a wholehearted conversation with somebody and they were to ask me about something like this, then I would be honest and very open about it because if they're asking in the first place, then they obviously want your Mm -hmm. advice or your help or your opinion, I guess. They're seeking you out. Right, and that's also a good thing, too, because, like, if someone's seeking you out for help, you have to know that they trust you with whatever they're going through and their feelings and their and their personal opinions and just, like, trying to get someone else's perspective. I think that's a really important role to have in someone's life. Mm-hmm. Difficult to do at times. Yes, absolutely. Because it's the whole admitting that I need help. Oh, yeah, because I can't, I just, for people who have a hard time, it's just, like, Good for you for finally bringing yourself to, like, do that because it's so helpful. Like, not that you have to go see a therapist or anything, but, like, just to get it out there mm-hmm. in the open. And starting and just, small, just submitting a yeah. little something about yourself. And I think I think you brought up a perfect point, actually, about the whole outside and the mask you almost see mm-hmm. and how many people put on that mask. Even though some people have anxiety... There's strategies that they might need to get through the day. Even my anxiety that I have, it's not constant. And yet, most of the time, I can look completely fine on the outside. And then on the inside, I'm overcome by this 
beast inside of me, really. And you're paralyzed at times, and I stop myself in my own tracks, and almost convincing myself that everything's okay. And I think the whole admitting you don't need help, the front that I put on before was more so me admitting I needed help went into making it real. Yeah. Making it that beast that you're putting a label onto. Yeah. Which is hard enough in itself. Hard to talk about it, but hard to even label it. And it's, you know, it is a beast, but at the same time, when you take it, and the second you realize what you need to do for yourself, it doesn't, it's not a beast anymore Mm -hmm. because it's not going to control you anymore. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a really hard thing to realize and like admit to yourself because I'll be honest, like I experienced anxiety and depression very early on in my life I think probably more early than most people that are now our age but you know just I grew up in two different households and I think that that turned me into somebody that obviously can communicate well and that can handle tougher situations but at the same time I think that I developed anxiety and and even depression very early on in my life and now I'm really lucky at this point to know how to handle that within Mm -hmm. myself because I've been dealing with it for so long Mm -hmm. and I think you've been not only dealing with it but you've come up with compensatory strategies known to help it or assist it doesn't go away it's not like you either take a small pill and it goes away or you do these yoga moves and it goes away <laughs> because if it did or if there was a secret grapefruit out there that I had to eat, <laughs> then I would definitely be eating the whole damn thing by now. I have grapefruit in my kitchen. I've never had one. Really? <laughs> Dude, Alyssa's never had one either. We're a weird family. Uh, <laughs> it drives me insane. I used to eat them all the time. But seriously, sometimes we need to admit to ourselves that we are keeping this balance of sorts and trying to work everything out in our lives at one time. We have school and jobs and romantic lives and children, if that's applicable to you, or pets, thank you, Murphy, or maintaining (laughs) our own self-care. And it took until I think I, and I keep saying I, but I hope this relates to you in some way, shape, or form, or you could take something from it, I should say, until I had this moment of breaking down um, to realize that I needed to change and I needed to figure out outlets, like you were mentioning, or compensatory strategies Mm -hmm. to bring me back to being me where I am happy and I'm comfortable and I do have that self-care routine down and I think that's really important talking about anxiety admitting you have it seeking that help but then also having those strategies right because when you feel it coming on to you I feel like everybody knows that feeling within themselves about you feel like you're getting stressed out, you feel like your anxiety is getting worse in that moment, or you're getting kind of almost angry or mad mm-hmm. in that same situation. And actually this happened to me the other day with my mom, maybe, I think it was yesterday. But I sh- she hung up on me on the phone, and instead of, you know, being grumpy and angry about it for, you know, an hour, I turned my music on because I needed to write a paper. Turned my music on, gave myself a second, and then I wrote my paper. Because mm-hmm. I was like, okay... Because she called about a completely different, you know, situation in my life. And in that moment, she was stressed out. So then it made me stressed out. Mm -hmm. And then I was like, holy cow, I have to write this paper. I can't react right now. So then I waited the entire day and I was like, you know what? Now she needs to hear about how that made me feel. Mm -hmm. Because, like, sometimes you can't react in that moment because if you do, 
then you're going to probably cause more damage than you need to, just mm-hmm. in general, because you're like, oh my god, you're stressing me out, like, leave me alone. I've done that with thing. situations before, oh where god, I so- have gotten into a tiff of some sort, and I was the one to vouch for, let's wait until the morning. Oh yeah. Sleep on it. And I think that's a really good way of going about those conflict areas. I think that's it for everyone. Like, falling asleep, you forget why you're angry in the morning, or at least I do. And if you still are angry, then that's what you need to address. Yeah, that's like when you have an issue. Are there certain strategies that you use? Like, I know you just said listening to music that kind of pull you out of that stress or burnout or anxiety-ridden I'm trying moment. to think because it's more of like, okay, and this is not everyone's situation, but when I was younger, I went to therapy. Mm-hmm. And I think I developed... Mm, like kind of learned within myself during that time how to deal with that because the reason I was going was a very high stress anxiety moment in my life or mm-hmm. actually a couple of years so even just having someone to talk to was like a big thing for me and um I wouldn't confide in friends I would talk to my dad or my therapist and then another thing for me was like honest honestly my pets, my dog, if I'm around my dog, I would call the him best in my listeners. room and he, he would just know cause dogs just know, I think. Mm-hmm. So he would just know I'm in a bad mood or upset and he would just comfort me and like my bunny also <laughs> and music. I don't know if it's obviously not everyone feels the same way about music, but for me, it's like if I can put my headphones in and just be alone and just like lay on my bed or just sit at my desk for a second and just like think about what happened and put myself in someone else's shoes, which has taken me a long, long time (laughs) to like, okay, I'm pissed because they did this to me, but why did they do that to me? Mm -hmm. Kind of a thing. And that doesn't happen, you know, overnight, but it's just one of those things that it's like, I've really taken the time to be like, okay, filter, simmer down. And if it really bothered you that much. That's a good way of thinking of it too. And even having that music mm -hmm. to simmer down think about it, kind of planning out your yeah. next course of action, no matter what it is. Because you jump at somebody and no. just immediately, like, wreck them. And then you you'll wanna, regret like... it later, usually, I feel like. Oh, for sure. I'm one of those. <laughs> Sometimes I really can't control it. I will snap at somebody and be like, oh my god, I should not have done that because that was supposed to make me feel better, and it did not. It made me feel worse. So that has been something I've learned about myself. I don't know if you know, like if you feel differently about that, mm-hmm. then, you know, but those are good strategies. what about you? Um, so going into the new year, I knew that I needed some things this semester that would change, uh, our new strategies, I guess that we've been using. And I knew I first needed to write them down. I'm very much a person that I like writing things down. I like seeing them visually. So I set them aside for who I wanted to be, who I wanted to get into, what I wanted to get into. And the first thing I recommend you all to do, if you have the time, just write down what you want to be, who you want to be, who you want to become, or you're striving to be, or what you're hoping to gain from a certain amount of time. It might sound weird, but I'll be the first to say that this actually helped me stick with what I wanted to be doing, making a schedule, holding myself accountable, seeing it visually. Hence well, well, Sam's calendar on her wall. It I helps. I have a desk calendar on my wall because I forget everything. <laughs> it sounds weird, but it it's really beneficial. And the more specific you are, 
with these goals, the less easy it is to get around obtaining that goal. And I know that once you get started doing this and writing it down, it's going to be very beneficial. So number one, my goal is to, or what I would say is to open up and talk about it. Like Sam was already getting into Mm -hmm. number two, this sounds so weird, but stretch out and breathe. I know that I do yoga at least once a week now, and it has helped me so much take 40 minutes out of my day and just breathe and try to be present. Mm-hmm. And number three, realize that if you need to go into another step and talk with a professional, it's okay. I know you went into this, but it's so great to have a support system that knows and loves you yep. like friends and family but it's okay to have to go to a trained professional because they're in every community it's their job and that might be almost a stressor stress relief or um help relieve some of that anxiety you might feel mm-hmm. and if you're at isu i just want to make a plug i know that student counseling services do have openings for all students and it's absolutely free so yeah. never feel like you need to hide something or it might be too costly it's completely anonymous. It's free. They have it. Um, on my end, I want to end by saying this. You're allowed to feel crappy. You're allowed to have bad days. You're allowed to be stressed and make mistakes. And you're allowed to fail and feel like things did not go your way. But this does not make you any less of a person. Mm-hmm. You are all so much more than what any stress or anxiety or depression or anything of the sort depicts you to be. And you are all strong and hardworking and independent and you are you. So be proud of what you have accomplished this far and make those goals and achieve those goals by writing them down. I'm going to make my plug by writing them down, make them specific and tuning into what you need in your self-care. And we really hope that this episode is not a downer for anyone. We want people to realize like, okay, I might be going through something similar and I want to take what is said here right now, what I'm listening to and be motivated. Try new things, try to, you know, as much as like maybe writing things down to you sounds ridiculous or maybe even like journaling about your feelings so you're not, you know, projecting it on someone else, you know, and it sounds kind of ridiculous if you're not used to doing that or you don't feel like that's going to be a good method for you. I would just say to try it and off of Casey's point about going to see a trained professional, like I have done it for years and it was something that I used to be honestly ashamed of because like to some like for me it was more of like oh I see a therapist and if people know that they're gonna judge me because they think I have really bad issues and And it sounds weird but it isn't like that at all I know and this is weird for me to admit I actually see a therapist and it's and I did not know that till right now (laughs) (laughs) um and I started this semester and it's a completely weird feeling and I really felt like it was almost an issue of me going to therapy why do I need it's an outlet it's what I see as my outlet and what's helping me and that no one else judge you because you're doing this for you. You're taking care of yourself and that's what you need to keep those positive vibes going, keep moving forward and being honest with yourself. And it's just, I want to say about therapy again has just like, especially given me another way to express my feelings. And I think that if you're on the edge about it or you don't think it's right for you, give it a shot. Give it the good old college try, and I'm so That's sorry be I'm our saying it again. But honestly, like when people ask me for advice about how to deal with these things or just 
they seem like they're going through a tough time, like that is my number one suggestion because that has helped me more than any other method in my life. The other method that has helped me in my life is taking very long showers. <laughs> I do not suggest if you live in an apartment because your utilities will go <laughs> up to the roof. But <laughs> the leasing agent in me is coming out. But like a very, you know, once in a while, like every two weeks, a long shower and like Take the time to like really be just there for yourself. Take time to do your skincare routine. Like just, it's all about you. And you should take that time and have that moment to just uh, indulge in yourself because it's like, you know what? You are going through a lot if you're in high school, you're in college, or you have a big girl, big boy job. Like, sure, it's hard. And like people who are trying to find jobs right now, like, I am so sorry because that is so difficult and I wish you the best of luck, especially my senior friends, but it's just something that I feel like everyone needs and that alone time in general is just something that you need because you're constantly surrounded by people, you're constantly surrounded by like your roommates and your friends and like the second you give yourself a moment to just be with yourself, if that makes sense. Take your time for yourself. Is just like the, one of the best things you can do for yourself and if that's all you need, then that is all you need. Exactly. But this is just an episode from us to you and us being completely honest about our experiences and what we've done to help ourselves because Casey and I talked about this in, what, December? Mm -hmm. Maybe we kind of admitted to each other that we're both struggling a lot lately with just the amount of schoolwork and you have clients and you're a GA and, and I'm a, I was a TA and now I'm, you know, in charge of all these other freaking things. And there's just so <laughs> many things going on all the time. I feel like I'm killing myself, you know? So it's just, but just be honest yeah. with yourself and what your limits are. And I think that's hard to do, but that's what we wanted to be here for. Yeah. It's and we're different. sorry. This is a long episode. <laughs> Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on Two Blondes and a Microphone. I'm Casey. And I'm Sam. We'll see you next Thursday.